everybody. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. It is Thursday, July 25th. Training camps are underway. 16 teams got fired up on Wednesday for training camp. You can smell the football in the air. I'm Will Brinson, the host of CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. It's a super friend show. we got Ryan Wilson and John Breach. A reminder that throughout the rest of the postseason or the offseason and maybe Throughout even the regular season, we're going to do mailbags. And to get in a mailbag, to have your question answered, all you have to do is go onto iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, which is what they're calling it now, leave a five-star review, and we will answer it. If you have fantasy football-related questions and you want me to answer them, keeper questions, draft questions, whatever they are, uh, you can email me at willbrinson at gmail.com, and I will answer them for you um, in probably surprisingly lengthy fashion. You'll be shocked to see how much thought I put into your fantasy football team, or DM me at Will Brinson on Twitter. You may follow Ryan Wilson at Ryan Wilson CBS on Twitter and follow John Breach at John Breach because John was actually smart enough to get his username done before another guy named John Breach jumped in and stole it. Breach, you're in a new house. You moved to a swanky new neighborhood in Nashville. You are stalking uh, both Jay Cutler and Marcus Mariota, and maybe Mike Rabel's, uh, you know. Would you cut off your penis to live next to Jay Cutler? Um, well, Brinson, I wouldn't cut off anything <laughs> to live next to Jay Cutler. But, but. But Sean, you know, Sean there, would there's death. There's new Sean... sunbathing out in this area, so you never know what you're going to see. And, and there's plenty of time to cut things off. But you know what? Here's the thing is that Matt LaFleur left. I guess I kind of look like him, so I've just went to his house, and I've been, uh, Living there for free. So that was my move. Good. That's a solid move. By the way, Sean Wagner would definitely cut off his uh, wiener to, to live next to Jay Cutler. Don't you think? Two weeks, two conversations about cutting off your, your thing. Well, That's we're talking it. about Nashville. We're talking about Mike Vrabel, and he said that he would cut it off to win a Super Bowl. It's he Do you have a Google alert for uh, penises getting cut off? Because <laughs> you seem to be on the cutting edge of that news cycle. I, just I think- want to point out quickly, by the way, that uh, – We've been doing these sort of uh, – when we do the podcast, we do it over Skype video so we see each other. And we've been in John's house for, I don't know, six, seven months. He moved over the last few days. He's in the exact same room that we last saw him in. So I don't know if he moved the whole house box by box, room by room or what. But he's in, is the room – is the house laid out exactly as it was in your previous undisclosed location? See, what you guys don't know is I literally don't move anything. The only thing I bring are the two shelves behind me, and that's it. And I sleep at the computer, uh, and my wife lives in a hotel. So that, that's that's my wife. Uh, is that hotel in Paris? Probably not. Because <laughs> I'm just kidding. Get it? Because John didn't take his wife to Paris. All right. We got to do the show kind of quick because I'm jamming it in between a bunch of camp trips for my son. Get here already, school. Um Let's dive right in. People, people want the football action. They want, they want football talk. So we got meaty, real time football talk for you coming up. Uh, we're going to talk some NFC North camp battles, but before we do, we got to head over to Green Bay, also in the NFC North and break down the fact that shockingly, I think shockingly, Mike Daniels released by the Packers on Wednesday morning. Uh, drafted in 2012 as a fourth-round pick, Daniels has been a stalwart of the defense over multiple coordinators, Dom Capers and Mike Patton. Only played in 10 games last year, was banged up, missed some time with a foot injury, had uh, season-ending surgery last year, and uh, and then was you know dealing with it in OTA, so he wasn't quite ready. 
was due a bunch of money. They save about $8 million in cap space by cutting him. But this is, is a guy, Breach, who had been on this roster for the entirety of his career, and suddenly he's available to anybody in July. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. If I'm a general manager looking to save $8 million in cap space, uh, I'm maybe cutting that guy in March when I actually need that money because I don't know how that helps me. I mean, obviously it does help me because I'm getting that $8 million, but doing it on July 25th, uh, th- this is just a weird move. And, and you definitely could have justified it if it had been made in March or April, but it's like the Packers haven't practiced, haven't been doing anything since the beginning of June. They've literally had eight weeks to sit around and twiddle their thumbs. And all of a sudden, the day before training camp, they decide they don't want Mike Daniels. So I think it's a weird move. You said it's shocking. I would agree with that. Uh, you know, he only had one season left on his contract. You just, you stick him. You keep him for this one year and then you let him go after that. And uh, that's what I would have done, but the Packers, I don't run them. <laughs> Maybe he needs $8 million to move into his new house. Well, actually, <laughs> actually, actually, Breach, I thought you did run the Packers because you're Matt LaFleur. And because I own stock, so it's like double. That's right. Uh, by the way, they saved $8.312 million and actually $8.312 million and $500. Uh, what do you think about the move, Ryan? Well, Darius Smith, they signed. Preston Smith, they signed. They drafted Rashawn Gary. They drafted Darnell Savage to safety. They signed Adrian Amos to safety. So a big push to upgrade the, the defense. But it wasn't like Daniels wasn't integral to what they were doing. Yes, he was injured for part of last year. But the fact that literally everybody on Twitter was shocked by the move. And no one that I saw anyway thought that it made sense, at least with the timing, as John was sort of alluding to. It's weird. The good news for Mike Daniels is, uh, by all accounts, he's a fantastic person, which is just, in general, a good thing to be. But Part B is that he's not going to be out of work very long. He said he wants to go to a Super Bowl contender, which seems like about the right thing to say. But when you're good, you can sort of pick and choose where you go. And uh, I suspect he'll land somewhere where he will be a Super Bowl contender. You ran down the list of six or seven teams. I didn't get to the bottom. Um, I fell asleep. No offense. But uh, I don't know if the Patriots made that list, but they always seem like a frontrunner to land any great player that's been uh, unceremoniously released for reasons that are unclear. Um yeah, no, I think the Patriots make sense. I wrote the article for CBSSports.com, and I listed in my article a few uh, landing spots. I think that th- there are a bunch of teams. I mean, you're right. He's not going to be out of work long, assuming he's healthy. Uh, there is some buzz that this could uh, lead to a Kenny Clark extension. They apparently tried to trade uh, Daniels. Per Mike Garofalo of NFL Media, they tried to um, try to deal him. The Browns uh, are a team – that, uh, they, that, that will be looking at, uh, uh, checking him out. I think the Atlanta Falcons could make sense. They have Grady Jarrett and Deadron Sanat, uh, on the front line. They could use some help in terms of depth on the defensive tackle position and they're a contender. The Seattle Seahawks lost Jerron Reed. Although I saw Garofalo tweet to somebody who asked that, um, they're potentially going in a different direction. But that was very- Stay tuned, he said. Stay tuned. So maybe they're not going after Mike Daniels. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys. They like to sign big-name veterans and could use some more depth on the inside of their defensive line. The Colts make a ton of sense, in my opinion. Marcus Hunt, Danico Autry, and Tyquan Lewis. Uh, Daniels would be a great fit there. And then the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, who have Brandon Meebane, Jerry Tillery, and Justin Jones in the middle, but could certainly add another body. So, I mean, like, it depends on wh- where his head's at in so much as wh- what he wants to deal with. Being on a contender, uh, having playing time. You know, playing for a new contract, what kind of contract he wants, if he's willing to take less money and, and not worry about his snaps so much, he, he's got a lot of options. I, 
the Patriots make the most sense. And, of course, as I wrote, uh, it's not a list of teams who could use a talented, discarded veteran if Bill Belichick isn't on it. Speaking of money, guys. Your man, Jalen Ramsey, showed up in Jacksonville in the in what I like to call the Prisco Mobile. Uh, it was actually sponsored by Adidas. It took me a while to figure that out. But he showed up in a fake Brinks truck full of bags of what I assume is fake cash with a guy with, who had a, holding a megaphone screaming the following. Y'all know what time it is. Y'all know what time it is. This man covered so good. He's been having his own cell phone service. The man's so good, they finna give him his own jail. Called daily calling. Because these receivers are on 24 hour lockdown. If you check his pocket, he got eight master locks in his pocket. They're on lockdown all season. The man, the myth, Jalen Ramsey. Y'all know what it is. Workman, workman, yeah, that's him. So that goes on. That was like 49 seconds long. Ben Murphy of, um, of the AP actually is the guy who, uh, who recorded that. And it's sort of hilarious guys because, um, I don't know. Did you read this? May be the best article I do all season long for CBS sports. Did you guys happen to, um, did you guys happen? And I know I told you to watch that beforehand. We just paused. I screwed that up. It's fine. Um, did, uh, did you guys happen to read my article on the Jalen Ramsey thing? I told Brent, you. I, I read all your articles. I read the Mike Daniels thing, fall asleep and I called it a day on Brenton. Well, for, first of all, I want to point out that, uh, Jalen Ramsey showed up to, it's 425 in the morning when, when, uh, Ben Murphy tweets this out. Uh, it's raining in Jacksonville. It's also Jacksonville. So how big is the crowd going to be? Wait a second. How's it 425 but it's daylight? I, I didn't get that either. I don't, I don't really get that. I swear that the timestamp on the Twitter thing says 425 a.m. So I am confused. Um, at any rate, it, it says 425 a.m. It appears to be daylight. It's pouring down rain. If you, you heard it on the, the, the audio of that, there's like seven people there. So I think it's hilarious that Jalen Ramsey made this huge scene in front of like seven people. Um, but more importantly, like this is, a, it's sponsored by Adidas. So he's probably getting paid for that. He just switched from Nike to Adidas this offseason. Um, How is there no Adidas branding anywhere on the truck, on him? I didn't see anything pointing to Adidas. Boost is their, their ultra boost is the brand that they're trying to push, I think. But yes, they should have figured out some way to Good. put Adidas. Uh, there is some, I like to think that there's like, uh, um, the name Boost. He's about to boost, cause Boost, you know, according to Urban Dictionary, Ryan, one of your favorite websites on the planet, uh, Boost can also mean to steal or hijack. So I like the idea that he might be boosting a bag of cash from the Jaguars. But more importantly, what do you think Tom Coughlin's reaction to this? Cause I think he's probably breach. He's happy, A, about the fact that Ramsey's actually there instead of holding out. And B, as I wrote in this article, dealing with Ramsey's shenanigans can't be worse than being followed around by Pete Prisco and his wig back in the mid nineties. Uh, here's what I would say about all of this is I feel like on paper, Jalen Ramsey was probably like smiling the whole time. Like, Oh, this is a brilliant idea. Everyone's going to love this. And then in reality, it went out more like, uh, the Jaguars 2018 season. It was just horrible and ugly. Uh, if I was Jalen Ramsey, I would have just, I would have scrapped the Brinks truck. I would have rode in on an actual Jaguar and I would have said, guys, pay me right now. <laughs> Or I'm going to let this thing loose in the facility, and then I would have run. And that's what I, how I would handle this if I was Jalen Ramsey. I would have showed up four minutes early, Ryan, just to piss off Tom Coughlin. Yeah, that's right. Well, the joke's on you. Um, you didn't see it, but Tom Coughlin actually was driving the Brinks truck. So there's that. <laughs> Number two, if he had let the Jaguar out into the facility, it would have turned and probably mauled Jalen Ramsey. 
And I'm sort of surprised that when they were driving up that Brinks truck, given them to, to be the most Jaguar thing ever, that they weren't somehow hijacked and taken hostage because they thought there was actual money in there. It was a dud from start to finish. If you watch it, the guy's yelling on the bullhorn. You can't understand what he's saying. When the doors finally fly open, they fly back closed. And Jalen Ramsey <laughs> has to put them again. The production value was close to zero dollars. Uh, the, the Adidas PR person, uh, I don't want to be the guy that calls for everyone to get fired, but someone should have a stern talking to that person about how to set up a, a PR event. Um, John's our local PR guy. I'm sure he wasn't impressed with, with uh, the production uh, from start to finish. It, it was, it, as John pointed out, it was a, a microcosm of the 2018 season and probably a preview of the 2019 season. I, I love the idea that like the, the Adidas was not prepared. They're like, we don't need to send out a, a teaser. We don't need to leak this to the media. It's the it's training camp. There'll be tons of people there. It's like, no, when you show up at the butt crack of dawn in rainy Jacksonville, there's not ever going to be anybody there, and there might not be anybody there anyway. Um, what percent of people in well, – actually, I was going to say what percent of people in Jacksonville should be fired, but that feels like a conversation for another day. Some quickly through some news. Brian Burns signed his rookie deal. That leaves just Quinnen Williams and Nick Bosa as the only first-rounders who have not signed their contracts. Great news for the Carolina Panthers, who also – got good news. Cam Newton will be, according to Ron Rivera, on a pitch count, but he will be available to throw uh, in, We, but quote, we believe he's ready to roll. Um, feel free to jump in on the, the Panthers or we can just move on to the fact that the Redskins cut Mason Foster, their leading tackler, John, in 2018. Yeah, I mean, this was kind of like the Mike Daniels move and that it was a surprise, but the one thing I will say is that it wasn't a total surprise because they do have some ugly history. I think a lot of people forgot just because the Redskins were so bad. Nobody was paying attention to them last season. But back in December, Mason Foster said, F this team, except to use the actual word. And he said, F the fans. And so he kind of created this uh, weird dynamic with the team. I And then I think uh, NFL Network reported that they were trying to trade Mason Foster in March. So I think he kind of dug his own grave in Washington. But again, like the Mike Daniels thing, the weird thing here is the timing of the move. If they didn't want him, dump him in May, dump him in June. I don't know why you do it the day before training camp starts. It doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, but when you look at just the history of the Redskins and Foster, not that surprising, but the timing does make it surprising. And his agent, by the way, tweeted, if you ever want to doubt that there is zero good faith in the NFL business, look no further than the Redskins cutting Mason Foster today, the day he was heading to report for camp. Nine-year veteran, captain of the defense, played 99% of the snaps last season and cannot even get a straight answer as to why. Keep in mind the team has been off for five weeks and he was a starting MLB middle linebacker the entire offseason. I operate in good faith as a human being and as a business, and I expect more from the NFL and certain organizations in particular, we can be better. Trent Williams cannot be reached for comment. <laughs> Trent Williams, uh, I think we're going to talk some more holdouts of Brady Quinn tomorrow, the triumphant return of Brady to the podcast. I'm sure that'll incite Ryan to ask me when we're recording. Um, but uh, yeah, Trent won't be asked to record. Yeah, that's right. But the one thing about the agent complaining is what Ryan just said. Like, has his agent not been following the Trent Williams situation all summer? Like, the Redskins are the last team they're going to treat anyone with good faith. I yeah. blame anyone who thought that was going to happen for complaining. You can't complain. And Trent Williams, by the way, apparently, as Jason Lockenford reported months ago, weeks ago, whatever it was, uh, planning to hold out because he's mad about this medical situation, believes it was misdiagnosed, doesn't feel like he's in a good spot uh, by playing for the Redskins. This Redskins team, guys... I mean, Voodoo. I don't know what their odds are to finish with the number to get the number one overall pick, but I would hammer that if I could find it. If it's eh, Miami, but I will say this: but, but, but I mean, you're probably getting like 
six or seven to one for the Redskins. They might not even be last place in their division, Brinson. What about the Giants? I bet on the Giants to win the division, John. You missed the podcast. Do you think Eli Manning is going to win the division, or do you think Daniel Jones is going to win the division? Both. It's Daniel it. Manning. It'll be like, uh, it'll be I, like, I like Dwayne Haskins the best coming out of uh, the coming into the draft, and he has a chance to have the worst season among those first round quarterbacks, Kyler and Daniel Jones. And I don't know how much Drew Locke will play the second round pick, but that offensive line's in trouble with Trent Williams. We don't know who's going to be catching passes. Josh Docks has never played like a first round pick. You've got Kelvin Harmon's there, but he was a six round pick. We still don't know why. Jordan Reed can't stay healthy. Um, I mean, what's the plan? I have no idea. They have no. Pa- I mean, by the way, Kelvin Harmon looked good in uh, running routes in, a, in in practice. I mean, that's but he's a rookie. Like they have Terry McLaurin. I mean, this team's this team's a disaster. If you lose your middle linebacker and your starting left tackle on the eve of training camp, and you're starting your lose the middle linebacker, they kicked him out. Right, but I mean, like you still lost. You still lost your leading tackle. You played ninety nine percent of your snaps. What the hell? And um, we talked about it. I don't know. Last last pre last few podcasts. Their first five games at the Eagles, the Cowboys. The Bears at New York Giants Patriots. Are you gonna throw Daniel, uh, Dwayne Haskins out there to take that whooping? No. The Redskins are trending to be guys. Maybe one of my favorite uh, bets in terms of uh, over unders for the entire season. But right now their over under is it's six and a half minus one forty right. on the under. That's way too high. They're not winning seven games. Well, that first five-game stretch I just pointed out, they got one win there. <laughs> right, which means in their That's final nice. 11 games, they need to win six games. So I, I like that. Um, one more will, thing. Quickly, will Jay Gruden still be the, the coach after those five games? Yes, he'll ride out the season. They're too weird right. and cheap to keep him. But if Haskins is just somewhat competent, I mean, look, when Alex Smith was running the team, they started off 6-3 and three until he got injured. So, like, I think they could be good if whoever's quarterback doesn't look like an idiot. Uh, by the way, one more piece of news on the, uh, on the, in the NFC East. Alan Hearns also cut, and not a huge surprise. I mean, they got Amari Cooper by the Cowboys, of course. The Cowboys got Amari Cooper. But the problem with this Hearns thing, and Hearns sort of said something about it afterwards, is that he suffered a gruesome leg injury last year. He's been an unbelievable team player. He, he, he had Dax back, Dax back all last offseason, was working with him, was slated to be their number one, really, until they traded for Amari. And then the Cowboys dumped him right before camp. Like, if you're going to dump this guy, they asked him on Monday to take a pay cut and cut him on Tuesday. Uh, it, it, you know, they start camp this weekend, or like, I guess Thursday or Friday. Um, maybe today even. But what you do is you cut him back in March. So that way he can find another job. And now all the money's gone and Alan Hearns is stuck out there dealing with coming back from an injury. It's, it's just a, it's just weird. Like, what, there was no need. Like, if if you're the Redskins and you knew you're cutting Mason Foster, or you're the Cowboys and you knew you're cutting Alan Hearns, don't play chicken with it toward towards the end of camp, towards the beginning of camp. Cut him in free agency and let the guy go find a job. Give yourself some goodwill out there. One thing there, and I'm not sure if this was the case, but a lot of guys have injury guarantees, and they might not have been allowed to cut him because then his 2019 salary would have been come guaranteed because obviously he had the serious uh, – Fibula injury, and so maybe they had to wait for him to be cleared to cut him. Uh, but no matter what, it's a bad situation for Alan Hearns and a good situation for some team that's going to go out and get a receiver because he's not bad. He's not washed up, and if he heals, uh, he could be a good number two receiver on a lot of teams this year. Um, by the way, Alan Hearns told Jane Slater of NFL Media, I'm good, just wish they did this earlier. They asked me for a pay cut Monday, a couple days before camp. I mean... Yeah, you're right. Maybe maybe there's something contractually there. Just feels like the Cowboys. And by the way, 
if you're Zeke Elliott, that's why you don't show up for camp. Am I wrong? I hope he doesn't show up. Can I root for that? Sure. You can root for that. I root for paid Jews all the time. Uh, we're going to root for some AFC North, or NFC North camp battles coming up after this break. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. All right. A- God, it's AFC North. I just can't get it right. I'm stuck in the AFC North. I'm like you, Wilson. You love the Bengals. I love the Bengals. I love the Bengals and the Steelers. I am all in on the Steelers this year. What do you think about that? Let's, uh, I'm not all in on the Packers though. Although I do, I do wonder how John Breach, nay, Matt LaFleur, his offense is going to work with Aaron Rodgers. And more specifically, who is going to be the number two wide receiver Breach in Green Bay. We know Devontae Adams, the number one. He's taken over the Jordy Nelson role, but, uh, there's some, you know, there's some questionable guys coming up there. Geronimo Allison, Marquez Valdez Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown, all guys with difficult names to pronounce and then a couple of the randoms. Who do you think emerges here? Yeah. Let me just say that I wrote the article on this training camp battle and like I broke my spell check trying to <laughs> get all this right. Uh, like you just said, all these names are – I'm going to butcher at least two of these. But out of everybody you just mentioned, I think Geronimo Allison has the best shot to be the number two guy. I think the two behind Devontae Adams, him and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, are going to get most of the playing time. Uh, so maybe those guys are interchangeable. Maybe uh, Valdez-Scantling ends up being the number two guy. But the thing is, we didn't really see what Allison could do last year because he dealt with injuries from the rest of the season. He had a hamstring. He had a concussion. But in four games, I think he caught 19 passes for like 288, and then he played in a fifth game where he caught one pass for 14 yards, so let's not count that. So if you just look at those four games and you put that over an entire season, that's going over 1,000 yards, and that's exactly what the Packers need is literally just anyone so that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to throw every single pass to Devontae Adams because that kind of feels like what he started to do last year because he didn't just trust any of his receivers. You remember that – uh I think Bleacher Report article that came out before the 2018 season that just said Rodgers didn't trust or like any of those young receivers, didn't feel like they were putting in the work. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see which one of these guys earns his trust in 2019. But, yeah, I would go Allison, Valda Scantling, St. Brown, I think, and then obviously Devontae Adams. If they keep six receivers, that's four of them. And then you're looking at two more slots, and you have about four guys fighting for those. John is unequivocally wrong. Wow. The number two wide receiver for Devontae Adams is second-round pick tight end Jay Sternberger. Ooh. Uh, actually, that probably won't happen. He's extremely athletic, but I think Jimmy Graham's going to have a resurgence of sorts. He didn't have a great year last year. There's some conversation about moving on from him. He's back. And um, I think this will be a security blanket for Aaron Rodgers because, as uh, you guys pointed out, after Adams, it's sort of slim pick. There's a lot of young guys, but we don't know how much Aaron Rodgers trusts them. I will say this, though. No matter how contentious it gets, in an Aaron Rodgers offense, whether he hates the head coach or not, they seem to play at pretty much the same level if he's healthy. So it's not like other places where, like Roethlisberger, for example, if he's done something to piss someone off, that team tanks. 
the Packers are who the Packers are, whether Aaron is happy or grumpy. And more times than not, he seems to be grumpy, and, and that's that's fine. So I, I think they'll sort it out. It will be interesting to figure out who that number two will be, but I think you may there may be a bigger reliance on the tight end. And Jay Sternberger, the, the, the sooner he gets sort of comfortable, the, the more he'll be used because he is extremely athletic, and he's sort of a playmaker um, based on one-year production. Uh, I, good tweet here from uh, Scott Barrett of Pro Football Focus, at Scott Barrett DFB, who I started following recently. He's a really good follow on Twitter, has a bunch of good fantasy information. Um, but he points out that Geronimo Allison confirmed he'll be the team's starting slot wide receiver this year, and this is big because this is kind of a shocking number. 25.6 of Aaron Rodgers' career targets have gone to slot receivers, and Aaron Rodgers has a 111.6 passer rating when targeting slot wide receivers. That is a crazy couple of numbers there. Uh, additionally, since Aaron Rodgers was named the starter in 2008, Green Bay's wide receiver two has yielded two wide receiver one situations and seasons in terms of fantasy, four wide receiver two situation seasons, two wide receiver three seasons, and two wide receiver four seasons. I know that's convoluted. It's a long way of saying that Geronimo Allison is dirt cheap in fantasy right now and could be a really good value. So that's somebody to target, especially if you're doing like those best ball drafts uh, this time of year or an early fantasy draft. Or maybe you're in a dynasty league and you can do some trades and somebody's not exact, somebody has them and needs running back help. Uh, those could be some good things to look at. Talking about the Bears, Chicago Bears, Ryan Wilson have a uh, uh, cornucopia, a cavalcade. A plethora of running backs in their backfield with David Montgomery, Mike Davis, Tariq Cohen, and Corderell Patterson. Uh, Montgomery drafted Davis, uh, Corderell signed this offseason. Corderell is a weird OW offensive weapon type. And Tariq Cohen, of course, the breakout guy last year. Do you think these guys complement each other? And how is David Montgomery going to fit in this group? I love David Montgomery. He was a third-round pick, but he was – like my number two running back, I think, behind uh, Josh Jacobs, who went in the first round to the Raiders. Uh, he's awesome. He can do a lot of things. He didn't catch a ton of passes at, at Iowa State, but he's capable of doing that. He's a bigger guy, but he doesn't run like a bigger guy in terms of uh, being slow afoot. He's shifty, but he'll run you over if he needs to. I think he makes a ton of sense because he is sort of the antithesis to what Tariq Cohen does, who is super shifty and is slippery and can catch and do all those things. And then I do think it's funny that you're, you're mentioning uh, – Coderell Patterson as a as a running in the running back conversation. I've never heard OW before, but I'm guessing you didn't make that up. Offensive weapon is that? I, d- I did make it up. I made that up. Oh, I figured it's just something that nah, the kids were saying. No, nah, I, I made I made like that I made it, I made that up a few few years ago. Like most stuff, I make up that smarts. Ow. Someone else will come along and start using it, and they'll get credit for it. You probably stole it. Prince mm-hmm. made it up a few years ago, and Wilson had never heard of it. Is the least surprising thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have to say? Oh, by the way, really quickly, I know we're kind of pressed for time, but I feel like this uh, this needs to be mentioned. Um, Ryan and I are on a text thread with Sean Wagner McGuff, our colleague. Uh, you're who's not on vacation. Who's on vacation in Hawaii? You're not on there, um, John, because you have a, a green phone. Yeah. Right, and it's like it's a pain in the ass to text if you don't have great service, and you can text without Wi. You can text with Wi-Fi. Uh, Ryan texts us. I'm the last holdout. I'm never getting an iPhone. I don't want to be part of your dumb text thread. It's fine, whatever. No, the three people, like one of the, like one of my co- close co-workers, John, my own damn brother, Charlie, and one of my really good friends, Nathan. Like I got somebody in every avenue of my life who uses a freaking Android. So all these text threads are all green and screwed up. Anyway. Hey, hey. Can uh, can offer some advice to the question that I had. Yeah, so uh, Ryan, I just wanted to point out that Ryan, and maybe we get a sponsorship out of this. Ryan texted me and Sean on uh, on Tuesday night with what Sean described as the oldest thing you've ever asked. 
said, hey, you fools ever use SeatGeek or a similar site? If I buy tickets that are transferred electronically, is there an app to get them? And I responded, yes, SeatGeek. Um, so when you bought your uh, Britney Spears tickets, uh, John, did you do it like on a website or you, you walked up to the, the box office? The uh, box so office, you're so damn old. Nobody walks up to the box office. Can you even go up to the box office? Did, uh, did you guys go down to the Kroger and get your Ticketmasters? Wiggly Wiggly. We used, yeah. to, we used uh, to do that, go to Kroger was, and get tickets. I was looking online for tickets, and I don't. we don't go any, go to The only thing we go to that requires tickets are the movies. And I, you know, I can do that on Fandango. Even I can do that. And the, the various websites, SeatGeek and StubHub and Vivid and all that, uh, some of them mention that you have to have some some means of getting it, but it doesn't say specifically just get the app, which I would have just done. So I was like, is there some weird third party thing you have to go through? Only question I had. Uh, well, maybe maybe uh, maybe SeatGeek will give us some of that sweet sweet ticket money, and we'll promote them for real next time. We got to move on because we are pressed for time. No time for jokes. No time for non football talk on this podcast. No no no, it's football season. Uh, Breach, any thoughts on the Bears training camp battle? Uh, I would quickly, I think Wilson. Great. That's great. Of, I like it. I love it. That's fantastic. Hit um, the nail on the head. I think that you look at it, it's like a Rubik's Cube where they're going to struggle at first to kind of fight, the, find the right combination. But once they do, it's going to be unstoppable. I think all those guys complement each other well. I know, uh, Brad Evans of Yahoo is big on David Montgomery, like has him taking him in the third round and stuff. I think that's probably a little bit of a reach for me. But I think when you look at these guys, Mike Davis is mostly a pass catcher. Tariq Cohen is, um, sort of the, Poor, maybe slightly poor man's version of Tyreek Hill, uh, in, in Matt Nagy's offense. And then Corderell Patterson is a guy that you're not going to give 20 carries to unless you're Bill Belichick and you're desperate. So Montgomery, to me, appears to be a guy who would theoretically shoulder the load, but I think they all complement each other well and they'll spread it around. Also, running back, uh, position to worry about with the Vikings. This makes me feel better about my love for the Vikings. The fact that when I was looking at their training camp battles, you know, they're pretty loaded in terms of the roster. It's, it's, it's pretty good. If the offensive line comes together, this is not a bad roster, but the backup running back position warrants watching behind Dalvin Cook, the, the entrenched starter. Uh, what do you think about old Alexander Madison, Ryan, the rookie? Uh, and is Rock Thomas a rookie or a second year player? Of course, Amir Abdullah has been a hype machine for 20 years. Uh, and then Mike Boone, uh, which who may or may not be a real person. Yeah, so use a third-round pick on Madison, which was sort of a surprise. They have Dalvin Cook, uh, who can play as well. And I think after that, uh, you mentioned Abdullah. That, those three guys you're fine with if that's how you start start the season. Because at that point, at the Amir Abdullah level, you can find guys to come in and play running back and, and sort of plug them in. So it's not a huge deal. I think the bigger deal, and I uh, talked about this a few weeks ago, is with Kirby Cousins. And, you know, we like to crush Kirk Cousins about the way he plays, especially his first year in Minnesota. But um, Dan Orlovsky sent out this tweet a couple weeks ago about how on third down Cousins completed every pass he was supposed to complete to where it was supposed to go, and they converted like 25% of the third downs, maybe much less than that. And the issue was the play calling. So um, they fired the uh, offensive coordinator late in the season. Now they have Kevin Stefanski calling plays. So can they make the play the right play calls at the right time to help this offense succeed? And I think that's a bigger issue than any personnel issues because, as you point out, Brinson, the, the personnel actually on paper – isn't bad. I think the offensive line is still has some question marks, but they drafted your guy Garrett Bradbury in the first round to play center. We'll see if the rest of it uh, sorts itself out. But, I mean, you can't argue with the playmakers. Chargers, Vikings, Super Bowl, Breach. We're going to dive to a team um, instead of letting you talk about the Vikings backup running backs because, really, you know, uh, 
What's the point? Um, how about you tell me what you think about the Lions offensive line, and then we'll let Ryan swoop in and uh, drop an elbow on on Matt Patricia. It appears as if uh, they're going to move Frank Ragnall to center, his natural position when he was coming out of Arkansas. Uh, that means Graham Glasgow is going to shift to right guard, and Kenny Wiggins at left guard. What do you think about this interior of the Lions offensive line? Well, the thing is the Lions offensive line, every time I think about that position group, all I can think of is that game last season where Matthew Stafford got sacked 10 times. Uh, I think is it was against good? the Vikings. I don't think that's good. I am not even sure how Matthew Stafford lived through that game, how his body didn't break. I was like shuddering and my nose started to bleed just watching this is how much pain he was going through. Uh, so the Lions offensive line is definitely a work in progress. I think Brinson, the left guard spot you just mentioned, with possibly Kenny Wiggins, it's probably their biggest question mark when you have TJ Lange come out and retiring, decide he doesn't want to play for the Lions and let Matthew Stafford get murdered anymore. I could see that. You don't want to be complicit with that. Uh, and they brought in, I think, uh, Ode Abushi, and he's been starting uh, three different teams for the past three seasons, the Texans, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, but he's been dealing with injuries. I think if he – so he's never made it through and played all 16 games. I think if he – Somehow stays healthy. I could see him winning that left guard spot over Kenny Wiggins. Um, but besides that, I, I think the rest of the line is probably pretty set. You mentioned Ragnar and Glasgow and uh, the tackles with Ricky Wagner and Taylor Decker. So I think left guard right there, and I, I'm not sure that Kenny Wiggins is going to win it. Come get your man, Matt Patricia, Ryan. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I mentioned <laughs> a tweet from uh, Warren Sharp uh, last week, I think, about how they were so predictable in terms of their offensive play calling that – that has probably has a lot to do with Matthew Stafford, the beating he took. So mix it up. Uh, Darren Bell, Daryl Bevel's the, the, the OC. He loves to run the ball. We talked about Carry on Johnson. I think that was one of the questions from the, uh, from the podcast listeners. Carry on Johnson, what he'll do this year. So we'll have plenty of opportunities. I, I, I mean, come on. This, this team isn't winning the division. They're not no. making the playoffs. Does anyone think that? What's their over under? Uh, it's three. too high. I think there's like seven, uh, I think it Should is. Should be three. I think it is, uh, it is. Six and a half over. Wait, who's going to win more games, the Lions or the Redskins? Ah, uh, the Lions. Lions. Yeah, just because the Redskins are terrible. Um, all right, let's get out of here. Great show. Great quick breakdown of the NFC North. Not at all rushed by the fact that I have to sprint out of my house right now to take my son to his second camp of the day. Um, you guys are the best. I'll be back tomorrow with my man, Brady Quinn. And uh, in the meantime, subscribe, rate, and review. Follow him at John Breach and at Ryan Wilson CBS. Talk to you guys soon.